0: Episode four of the Uncommon Dialogue podcast. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I have Christian Stone here with me from 6048 Sports. Nice talking to you again, this time on the public feed. How's it good going? to see you
1: Lance. How's it going,
0: Lance? How's it going in Denver?
1: Uh, it's going good. You know, it's starting to warm up a little bit, so <laughs> that's nice. But, you know, Colorado weather, it can do anything. So just crossing my
0: fingers for this week sounds like detroit because today it was 46 degrees tomorrow they're saying it's going to be 82 what wow dude i have no way to explain it that's just how it is here i've 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 literally seen it in january go from like 15 degrees to the very next week for a week straight be like in the 70s and then just go back to freezing temperatures again (laughs) man wow there's no pond hockey played that winter. <laughs> right. Oh man, that would be rough. Yeah, so you wanna just give everybody a quick backstory of like who you are, where you went to college, you know, what sixty forty eight sports is all about.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Christian Stone. I am the steward founder and CEO of Sixty Forty Eight Sports, a sports media company dedicated to keeping sports uh news coverage non political. Unlike Most of the other mainstream sports media outlets recently that have come out political, we have decided to stay non-political and focus on the game, hence the name 6048. We take it from the 60 minutes on the football field and 48 minutes on the basketball court, essentially trying to say in four uh, numbers that we only cover sports. And we feel that sports unite people and that our job is not, and our role is not to participate in the political realm, but instead just to entertain people and to kind of bring people together. So a little bit of my background from 6048 Sports. 6048 Sports was founded in March of 2019. It was an idea that came up about, I believe it was, might have been January of 2017, if I'm not mistaken. There were some political stuff going on, on this, in sports. Um, that different things were happening. They were kind of testing the waters to see If politics and sports would do well, then that's when you saw ESPN, you saw Bleach Report, you saw all of the major news networks, including some of the sports leagues too, such as the NFL, their ratings started to tank. That was when I started to think um, the kind of the, the ball started rolling and I went to a, uh, a sermon one time and my pastor was talking about truth and how hard it is to find truth in our society. And I was talking with my dad afterwards and we were talking about who's the main instigator of that and we kind of came to the consensus about the media the media has a tremendous responsibility and we didn't believe that they were doing a great job and us both of us being sports fans we immediately went to well we checked ESPN this morning and yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: we went to, we went to the front page and <clears throat> it, none, none of the topics were about sports and this was back in 2017 so that was kind of uh, got the was kind of the uh, initial thought of it kind of got some stuff plotted out but then a couple years passed was in high school sports, and then I, uh, after some injuries, came back to it and started a sports blog called 6048 Sports. And ever since, we've been um, go, doing stuff on social media all over the place, keeping, uh, bringing a, an atmosphere that people can go to, sports fans can go to, to take a break and enjoy and relax sports just being sports.
0: I mean, I'll tell you, I'm one of those people that's like, glued now because I've already had like a comment dialogue with, one of your uh, hockey guys, I think his name was uh, Raffi Durbabian, I think it was. I forgot. He was the guy that covers NHL, and I'm a big hockey oh, guy. Oh, Raffi, yeah. Yep. I'm a big hockey guy, and he and I were just talking comments about the Calgary Flames and like how they need to go into rebuild mode and whatnot because a stacked roster like that just should not be losing games, especially in the way they are. And after it was all said and done, I was like, man, this is how ESPN should have stayed instead of going – on the hell with all that super woke bullshit. Mm-hmm. It, people just, I and mean, I'm one of those sports fans too, that like, dude, like I, I get on ESPN and I haven't turned the channel to ESPN in years, haven't gone on the website in years. And dude, like I just want to watch sports and I don't want to be told whatever, who said this on Twitter, who had breakfast that morning. I, I mean, in a sense, like you really think about it, athletes just needed to stay athletes and not be celebrities. And that's what ESPN ended up being it was like celebrity culture for sports. And to see what 6048 sports is doing is just talking this is the two teams that played. This is what the results were. This is why and more people are going to go back to that. I mean, they need to they they need to watch regular sports like reporting again
1: who would have thought sports and sports news coverage
0: right yeah it sounds crazy but then again this is 2021
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I mean I I think about like why wasn't it so obvious that to to ESPN especially like especially ESPN Mm -hmm. I mean they're still going down that route of like injecting politics in the sports and yet it just doesn't seem to slap them in the face. It's like, man, like our numbers are going down still. Like, even while this is being recorded, people aren't tuning into their channel like they used to. They're not that's going right. like they used to. They're not paying the subscriptions like they used to. They're going to places like you, OutKick, that's led by uh, Clay Travis. I don't know if you heard his, uh, his like seven-minute rant about LeBron James the other day about that tweet he put out. Did you hear it at all or no? Me, uh, I did not know.
1: Um, Clay Travis, uh, for everyone uh, listening, he's a tremendous, he's tremendous. Um, what I tell- usually tell people is the problem with the sports mainstream is that all the politics are only one side. And so if you're looking for more of the conservative leaning uh, kind of the idea of, and, and he's more of the guy that argues the politics and sports. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go and you want to hear kind of the latest and updates about sports culture, because that's what him and Jason Whitlock say. They say they cover sports culture. They, they're doing that, um, and that's usually uh, that, that's usually what they cover. They do that. They do some sports stuff, but they uh, they do more of the culture. And we do we do just the bare sports. So I know a lot of people that do both, like that you do sixty forty eight and Outkick, where if they want to get their sports culture stuff, they go there. Or so some people, think they go to other places, too. But uh, the, they're, they, the Clay Travis does have some funny rants sometimes, not going to lie.
0: Dude, I would listen to that rant he had. I mean, it was like a couple of days when we put it out. And I was, like, grinning the whole time about how he was just ripping into LeBron James about that tweet he put out of like mm. last week. Mm. I was like, man, this dude does not care. He has – which I think is, like, what – it's given a lot of people a little bit of bravery again to say like, you know what, like, I'm not just going to take like a sports athlete slash celebrity, like their thoughts and just put it in, put it in my head just because of what I've read on Twitter. Like what this dude played Travis is like saying like, man, I agree with because not only one is he really great at just speaking the way he does speak, but it's just like, dude, people just want to watch you play basketball, watch you throw a football, watch you tee off on the golf course or hit a slap shot or just, do something and turn off the TV and that's it. Like, and that's one of the reasons why I decided to follow sixty forty eight. I mean, you guys are growing so much too.
1: Thanks. Well, and uh, it's another thing too. I mean, there's multiple levels to it. You talk about the athletes, but the sports news, even like it's. I mean, I can under there's the, there's the argument of no politics in sports, but sports news in and of itself should only cover the sports aspect it literally takes you you have to make a decision to cover the politics that the athletes are talking about it's it, the athletes they have their own platform they could go to all these different places but the the sports news companies um i find that i, I find that so crazy like for instance in back in back in 2019 the summer of 2019 um uh, a poll got leaked that was from espn about from their demographics about politics and sports. And if I'm if I'm looking at the stats here, it says right that 85% of their avid sports fans didn't want politics on ESPN. This was back in 2019. They they got this was a leaked poll that ESPN probably didn't want people to see, but they ended up seeing it. And then 74% of their fans preferred zero politics on any platform. So just like let that sink in for a second. That's pretty big numbers.
0: I mean dude, it's like you say it's leaked. I believe it, but I just can't help it. have suspicion of saying there had to have been somebody at, at their headquarters. Where is it? At Bristol, Connecticut, I think, right? Right. Sit there and say, you know what, let me do it on accident. But the company that I work for is just going unbelievably woke. I need to just act like this is an accident, throw it out there, and just let everybody see it and just – give them some humility like because they 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 need it and if Mm -hmm. i get fired so be it but i I did what i believed in and Mm -hmm. that goes back to like play travis and you it's like you guys are doing what you believe in and Mm -hmm. espn like you just can't tell if they believe in what they're doing or if they're just doing just to appease everybody Mm -hmm.
1: yeah absolutely i know i know some other companies i know some people inside of them and uh some similar to espn and it's 100% a marketing tactic is what they've told me. It's not, it's just to get their name in the headlines. It's really, from what I've heard from these specific ones that are, have very similar demographics, um, is it's just to try and get their name out there. But uh, That a lot of the people there don't even believe it. I, if I'm not mistaken, Clay Travis uh, mentioned that he thought that there was a lot more people in the sports media that have kind of gone undercover about that recently, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was a few months ago that he said that. But
0: Were there any names he mentioned?
1: I don't remember him mentioning any names. I think that was for the for the sake of anonymity. Like he, where they probably told him that um, uh, in confidence. But I I don't really know. Uh, Clay Travis, if anyone would, of course, know working for Fox Sports. You know.
0: I mean, I just thought of this question right now. And like stems from like our private chat that we had. Right? Mm-hmm. If they're going for it in terms of marketing don't you think you would try and like reach more of like the, you know, the beard guzzling chicken wing fans like me and not like trying to go after the people that are supposedly woke with two, three, or four college degrees and whatnot and that never been to a hockey or baseball game before. I mean, if you're trying to go for that crowd, like you're going to be really disappointed because for one, they just don't like sports in general. Cause to them Football is just too rough of a sport. They just don't like seeing what they call violence on the field. And it's like, dude, like, these guys voluntarily elected to get paid millions of dollars to ram into each other. Like, I, do you think that they really are going to learn their lesson and say, we need to stop trying to appease to the woke crowd and just go back to the beer guzzlers and chicken wing eaters?
1: Honestly, I don't know. I, you know, that's, my heart goes out to all the people that, You know, the beer and chicken wing people definitely can relate. You know, it's that's the heart of sports. And I think that I think that they've done a really horrible job with their marketing in terms of that. I 100 percent agree. I think that one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that they're a monopoly, too. And essentially, they're oligopolies. Technically, there's six companies uh, in terms of media in general that own 90 percent of American media. Um, and that includes sports news as well. I don't know if the numbers would be the same, but that's just media in general. But usually, you know, ESPN is owned by Disney. Um, you've got Bleach Report owned by Turner Media, which also owns CNN and HBO and all these other things. So, and Warner Brothers, and and I think that they kind of know that it's not necessarily that um, that that they are expecting that that in and of itself will make more money. I think it's also because they think that. That they've kind of got everyone at a catch twenty-two. Um, I, I guess I kind of like a checkmate situation, just because of that. But then again, it's, it wouldn't be a very smart move to do that because you still got Clay Travis, you still got us, and all these other independent uh, kind of uh, journalism organizations starting to grow.
0: I'm, I'm going to give a really charged response to that. That is thought of right now. I think they really, they really believe they were just too big to fail. Like, they really believe they just couldn't fuck up because they were just so big. And they're like, you know what? We're ESPN. We're Bleacher Report. Nobody can challenge us. And that's it. And yet, here comes Clay. Here comes you. And you guys are taking a whole lot of thunder from them easily because, I mean, sports fans like me just don't want to watch millionaire athletes lecture me about how my daily life is. and I I don't want to hear, like, they can't relate to me. Mm. I can't even relate to them because I don't make fucking millions of dollars a year. You and me both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I made millions of dollars a year, like yeah, sure, I'd be like, okay, fine. You know, a scratch on my Ferrari would like, all right, that may be a tragedy in a, in and of itself, and that's about it. I could just go buy a new one at at the biggest <laughs> scratch on my Ferrari, but that's about it. But I just don't have a fucking Ferrari now. I have a fucking million dollars. That's mm. just what it is. But, like, everybody knows, like, the NBA and the NFL went, like, full woke. And it looks like they're going to stay the course for a while. Mm -hmm. But, like, the NHL to some extent has gone woke. But, like, they just – they're kind of reverberating back. Because I think they just – because the diversity of the league and so many players aren't from North America and they come here and they're just like, we're just here to play hockey. That's it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you guys fight about for like (laughs) there's way (laughs) more shit going on outside of North America than where I'm from. Right. It seems to me like MLB, which was like really unique, didn't go full woke right away. And it even then like, can't like, when it tried to like kind of went back and was like, yeah, we're just going to go back to playing baseball and try and get fans. Cause I mean, their ratings are down and like fan attendance is down because a sport has just like that older demographic. It you know when you have an older demographic and the sports already kind of slow unless you really like it like I do and I'm sure you do as well, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to try and get new fans and like the last thing you want to do is just go full fucking vote. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I I think I 100% agree with that. I think um, yeah, the MLB is a new one since me and you talked last time. Uh, The 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 irony of it is just like NASCAR. You look at their demographics beforehand. Usually it usually is. The like you said, older, more uh, traditional, tend to be more conservative sports fans that usually like that, and they don't have their 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 leagues. Then in and of themselves are already starting to lose popularity because of who knows what. I know the NBA's done really well with social media in terms of building its uh, brand awareness, um, going around to different countries, building a global um, building global hype around the league. Uh, that that's that's Right. Absolutely. Yeah, tech savvy. Um, but you think of you think of uh, MLB, you think of uh, you think of the, the original game and, and professional sports league of America. You think of uh, the NASCAR and you, th- you think of the South, you think of all of the older, more conservative sports fans. And yeah, I the MLB one, I will admit that one <laughs> that was really unfortunate um, that because it was hard for a few days to cover Cover it because there wasn't too much sports to talk about it, and then, um, yeah, uh, that one really left me speechless.
0: I mean, I have a friend of mine I went to college with, and we were talking about how MLB tried to go woke, and he's of Hispanic background and he speaks Spanish. He actually played college or college baseball, and uh he's a lawyer now. And he's like making a joke to me how a few weeks ago he goes, honestly. I'm sure if you told a whole bunch of the players in the Dominican Republic, and I else, like, you know, do you, do you like that baseball was trying to go woke? And we're like, woke. I woke up today. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they just don't want nothing to do with it. They don't want, especially the players that are from the Dominican Republic, like my friend is, he's half Dominican. He's like, man, they just want to come here, play baseball, and <laughs> just – Go back to the Dominican Republic for the winter because they just don't want to be in New York City when it's thirty degrees (laughs) outside. (laughs) I (laughs) don't blame (laughs) them. They're like, man, uh, don't tell me to go woke. All I want (laughs) to do, is don't, don't even go. Right. Right. I, I think now there are a lot of athletes that now are speaking up against like going woke because they're like, you know, I just want to play a sport. I worked my whole life just to get here. And now all of a sudden I have to just kowtow to the crowd that's complaining that doesn't even go to the sports events in the first place. Like, I'm not going to waste my time with that shit. Like, mm-hmm. don't tell me to do this or do that. Or I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to ball up. I'm going to drop 30 points on the Boston Celtics. Have a good night. I mean, do you sense like some athletes are just like, they're kind of waking up to it. Now I'm just saying, I'm just not going to go with this.
1: Well, I think the ones that do are certainly, um, are certainly making the right decision. I think that we've seen, specifically when I think of this, I think of two NBA players. I think of Miles Leonard and Jonathan Isaac. Um, yeah. two, two guys when the NBA went full political in the summer of 2020, um, you know, when they came back in the bubble. Miles Leonard was the one who would not kneel for the national anthem. He, was, he has a brother in the military, and he didn't feel – like, what he said is he said that he felt like he could support his team and also support his country at the same time. And I thought that that was really honorable. And then Jonathan Isaac um, also was another one that wouldn't kneel for the national anthem. And both of these guys are bench players, by the way. Um, he wouldn't – and he cited – he talked about his faith and about how there's so much more – so much better things to do, um, things that uh, are more effective, per se, than kneeling for the national anthem. You're just going to make people angry at that point. Um, and, and I thought that was really honorable. And if, if you looked at, for instance, I like looking at their, their followers on Instagram. I kind of like to take that as kind of a good, like, um, uh, point of reference. And from the point from when they started doing that, their, their followers just skyrocketed because they grew fans. And the, what, what's cool too, is I almost saw, it almost seemed like some of the sports fans that had backed away a bit that had, like you said, you ha- you haven't watched ESPN, you said for quite a bit. Yeah. Even the ones that said forever, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, they started to support them. And so I thought that, that was that was honorable. They they definitely um yeah, who would have ever have thought that that the outcasts would be the ones that didn't bring politics in? And um in terms of those are probably the two best examples I can think of in terms of that, but they, they it was a tremendous decision for both of them. And even though the some of the networks might uh taint their coverage of them from now on uh espn and leech report and all of them now that they have political agenda and now that they see them maybe as targets they might start to target them um for instance dan Liebetard, his show uh thought that it was funny that that they said put out a tweet and said that they thought it was funny that um but was that that jonathan isaac tours acl after he wouldn't uh, Neil for the national anthem, things like that, where they'll start targeting them. But even though they have that happen, I think that it's going to be better. And I think that or uh, Colby Covington too is another example um, in the UFC. Oh, uh, he, yeah. he he uh, he's went he he even went even further than those two, and he has seen a tremendous marketing for himself because, like you said, he alienate half the viewers. You know, you think of the the beer and chicken wings. Sports fans, they're going to probably lean more towards the uh, Jonathan Isaacs and Miles Leonard's uh, compared to the LeBron James and NBA uh, political agenda pushing.
0: I mean, like, in all seriousness, this is just a joke I thought of right now. I mean, I'm in pretty good shape. I still love my beer and chicken wings. I I can bench 215 with no problem. But it would just be really weird for me to, like, watch the NFL and then a commercial will come on for granola. I'm just going to look and think, man, what the hell is this? I need to see a Buffalo (laughs) Falcons commercial. Their wings aren't even that great, but I'm not about to watch a commercial that's telling me to buy granola, eat less meat. That just doesn't work with football fans. It just doesn't. Football fans don't like granola. (laughs) Don't like granola, man. Oh, my word. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's – That's essentially a metaphor in and of itself, right? You think of the the politics in general, it's the same thing.
0: Have you had any, like, current or former athletes reach out to in support of 6048? Yeah, um, we've had a few. You don't have to name names, but, like, you could just tell me, like, is it it growing? You know, some of them just saying, like, I like what you're doing and I support it. Mm -hmm. I think that
1: that has happened a couple of times, uh, with some of not, not necessarily not like the people like LeBron James or someone that big, but there have been a few here and there that have supported us. I think that, um, the support that I tend to see would probably be from some retired players. Um, ones that probably wouldn't want their reputations completely tainted because they still are trying to make money with, um, with commercials and things. Um, I've gotten some support from them. There've been some, uh, there's been a couple of foreign players too, uh, which I find kind of funny, um, because they see the same thing. Like you said, people coming from down from Canada or from uh, the DR, like I think you said, they, they, they're wondering why, why it's even a thing. Um, I think the, the biggest key factors if you go to our followers, there, if someone, an athlete or someone follows 6048, that's a big, that that's big because that's public. Um, but there have been a there have been a couple that I've talked to, uh, not super big athletes, but ones that are in the professional leagues that do appreciate what we're doing. Um, however, now they they have to kind of keep a low profile, too, because, I mean, it's really dumb, but they just have to.
0: It sucks, really, because it's like athletes for a while before ESPN went well, they were kind of like that counterculture outlier type of dudes. Like people just looked at them just for that. Soundbite, or like, just for like a style thing, you know, like just a not everyday style, but you know, like that dude's wearing his basketball jersey in a pretty like odd way, like half of it tucked in, the other half hanging out, but it looks pretty cool. Like I might just try that once this weekend or something. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of a sudden, now like it went from like being like the good kind of influence to now like no influence. Well, to a bad influence, not a no influence, because so many people are just turning off away from it. I mean. It, I well I for one I don't look to athletes for trends I just wear t-shirts every day even when even when it's 35 degrees I just wear t-shirts but um it's odd though that like some some current athletes just like have to be quiet and just like kowtow to everybody else just because they know if they say like one wrong thing like that's it. it it reminds me of um who was that New York Giants player? It was like maybe a couple years ago. He like got into a Twitter spat with some fan, which athletes should never do anyways because for one, it's petty. And then two, like, if you're really trying to ruin your career, you get into a Twitter spat with somebody and you call them a name that really like no one wants to hear out loud anymore. It was, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was Jerome Jenkins or Jarrell Jenkins. I think it was. And he like called a fan the R word. It's kind of, yeah. And, but, like, that's what got his contract terminated and next thing. He like, still put out an apology, but, like, it just seems like a forgiveness in sports, especially, has just gone out the window now at this point. Like, yeah, yeah. Once, that, once it's said and out there, like, that's it. You can't redeem yourself.
1: Yeah. I think that it's unfortunate. I think we see that in all facets now. That's kind of the culture in general that we're seeing in terms of the, the mainstream cancel culture Um, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, George Orwell's 1984 book. I don't know if any of you have read that. It's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, nice. Good. Awesome. Uh, But we're essentially going into an Orwellian atmosphere where two plus two equals five. And if you disagree with that in any context, or if you, or if you just have a different opinion, you don't even have to say anything, but not even saying anything at this point um, will get you in trouble. And I feel like, um, they're, they're like, there are so many uh, athletes that yeah are having a hard time right now because of that. And I really feel for them. Honestly, they've worked so hard their entire lives. So they've kicked their butt day in, day out. They wanted to grow into professional sports, and they they've, they've finally achieved their dreams, and when they get there, they realize they're working for an organization that is a political organization now that... That, um that's ultimate ult- overarching goal is is not to spread awareness to the sport or to even showcase athletes, but to showcase political agendas and shove them down viewers' throats, which is really unfortunate. I, I feel
0: for them, man. Yeah, I mean, to think before 2020 was 2020, the only, like, big story in sports was the Houston Astros cheating. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was a little... i was a little mad about that but what i would give to like trade sports now for that story to come back into play again (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i would make that trade every time i mean i remember (laughs) i remember watching those spring training post-game interviews of like Jose Altuve being asked like you know Jose like you were hit by a pitch in the fifth inning and then you were hit again in the seventh inning like you know what's your response to that and it was obvious all the players just had to give that generic response and say like oh I'm just trying to go out there plain face I was trying to go out there trying to win the game for my teammates and just play good sound baseball. (laughs) Thanks for for that one. (laughs) That was the same answer because they knew damn well they couldn't say like the guy has to hit me because I hit three home runs off and last year, to here because of garbage cans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What I would give for that to be the number one story in sports all over again instead huh. of, no. dude, every sports fan would make that trade in a fucking second. Oh, yeah. Same here. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree, man. <laughs> man. But like, um, you know, I guess it's kind of a good, good segue into like, so the next thing I want to ask about which is you know, as 6048 is growing, how do you keep wokeness like out of your organization, you know, as it grows? Cause you know, with growth, com- growth comes corruption. they you're just going to have those bad apples come in and mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of obvious.
1: Man. That's really, that, that's that's my, the biggest nightmare I've ever had. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It would be that 6048 would go full political or would take on a political agenda. Um, there are certain things that I've tried to set up right now. Right now, the re- part of the reason why we haven't gotten so much content out there is because, is because um, everything has to go through me. I, I'm the editor of 6048 Sports as well. I make sure everything is fine. I'm the one who hits publish on everything just to make sure that there isn't anything that anyone could ever slip in. Um, this obviously isn't sustainable and it's going to be difficult too, especially because when you're looking for investors, when you're looking for people to contribute money, that's ten- when you tend to see things that start to go political um, because they have agendas that they want to push. But then it kind of brings up the question, how do you make the money then? How do you get that jump start? And I think personally for me, I've kind of had to stop thinking about 6048 as a business as much lately. And just think of it more as an outreach, because at this point, like, for instance, I really revere the Bible verse, blessed are be the peacemakers because they will be the, called the children of God. The people who make peace in society are obviously the ones who help try to bring it together. And at this point, um, trying to look at it from that frame of reference, the, all the offers for, or I shouldn't say all, the couple offers that have been put on the table have uh, become less appealing um, because the overarching goal has remained the same to, re- to remain uh, non-political uh, sports news, just to give that to fans. And, yeah, it's it's tough, though. I mean, you think of even ESPN, before they were bought by Disney, um, which I, I think – I'm pretty sure they were bought by Disney. Yeah. Uh, I think they were their own thing. You know, they were never political.
0: Yeah, I remember those days of just getting on there and – All I would see is just sports. And, I mean, I really could, like, in my younger years, like when I wasn't working and, you know, in my early teens, just sitting there watching ESPN for two or three hours at a time just to either watch the highlights or watch the following game. And now it's like I turn it on for 10 minutes, and nine of those minutes are about LeBron James. 30 seconds are more woke commercials about granola I don't want to fucking buy nor eat. And then the other 30 seconds is everything else that nobody could even – know what happened because nine minutes was dedicated to LeBron, 30 seconds to Granola and 30 seconds to everything else. It's just, I mean, if if ESPN were to like maybe balance out how they distribute all the sports coverage and whatnot, maybe they'll get people back. But I just don't see it happening because for one, they just worship LeBron too damn much. And I think it's kind of obvious somebody like him has never been told no in his life. I mean, when you come into the NBA as as an 18-year-old and you're already given the nickname by ESPN as King James, you've never been told no in your life. It's kind of obvious. But I mean, what I think what you guys are doing is so important just because as ESPN basically became that corrupt organization like how we were talking about earlier and how I made the point they really thought they were just too big to fucking fail mm-hmm. in mean, 6048 and an outkick are like that balance you know what I mean and I think once ESPN hopefully you never know they could just like keep going pushing pedal to the metal and that's it but Eventually they just got to realize, no, we just got to like start leveling the playing field again, and, like come back down to earth and not stay in land.
1: Absolutely. And, and I would, I've told this, I've said this publicly before. <clears throat> if, you if ESPN wants to put us out of business, wants to make us irrelevant, what they should do is they should separate the undefeated and ESPN, never show them together, never show them together at all. Take all their political coverage, put it to the undefeated, have it as a separate sports news company and just have ESPN as just highlights and analysis and predictions and sports opinions.
0: You know what? I just remembered right now. I I lied on accident. The last time I did watch ESPN was last year during the pandemic, when I watched the O.J. Simpson documentary. <laughs> the thirty for thirty was it a thirty for thirty? It was the thirty for thirty. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that was too good to give to not pass up on though. Fair point. Everything else was shut down, and you know, I couldn't watch. 1985 highlights anymore i I just couldn't i was like you know what this 30 for 30 is too good about oj simpson it's talking about him how he was balling up and you know for usc now how he's partying in miami i'm just gonna watch and enjoy it and i and i did enjoy it but that once it ended i was like yep that's it done with the spn (laughs) see you see you later
1: well, I, I felt the same. I felt something similar with the Last Dance. I, I don't know if if you watched yeah. that. What was so frustrating, so frustrating to me, was the episode they had of Kobe, the one with Kobe intro and stuff like that. They're like, "This is dedicated to Kobe." Was when they they started they started trashing Michael Jordan for saying for essentially saying that he was non political for saying that his classic Republicans buy sneakers too, and they brought on. They brought on uh, former presidents Barack Obama and Bill Clinton on there. Plus, they brought on some activists and stuff like that. And I'm like, these people have, like, literally no credibility in the sports field. None whatsoever. And you've got people like Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. I mean, you've got all these people that are tremendous and have all of this credibility. And they had Kobe Bryant at the beginning. And this was a Kobe Bryant tribute. And they decided to go political. That that was what really drove me insane.
0: I mean... What really drew the line for me about the NBA where I was like, I'm not watching it for at least a few seasons was the whole Hong Kong thing. with their oh. Yeah. And I was mad at, at the way the league handled it and then how players and coaches like Steve Kerr are basically saying like half the country was this and this, and, and he was talking about America. And I'm like, you know what? Like you've benefited so much from like your American fans that like if it wasn't for – the freedom that the NBA had to start here and do what it wanted for as long as it did, the NBA wouldn't be where, where it is now. I mean, granted like now, but I mean, you know, then before it went full on political. And I was like adamant about it. I was so damn adamant about like trying to like give a middle finger to the NBA. I really was like before the pandemic planned on buying one ticket to a Golden State Warriors home game right behind Steph Curry and Steve Kerr and wear probably a MAGA hat and a sign that said free Hong Kong. And I was going to make sure it was one of their nationally televised games. I really was dead serious going to do. I didn't even tell you this in our private chat. I was dead (laughs) serious. No joke. But then the pandemic happened, and I was like, those sons of bitches got lucky. (laughs) Oh, man. You would have got them. But like I'll tell you I really started coming around once like Kobe died and I was like you know what like Kobe Bryant was my favorite basketball player growing up and even though like I grew up as a Detroit Pistons fan and they and we smoked LA in the 2004 finals Chauncey Billups but Big Ben Wallace man mm. but like I, I was like you know he's still my favorite player cuz he his highlights and the way he played the game was it was unreal it once Michael Jordan left the NBA, he really was the face of basketball, and he deserved every bit of it. The second best player during his prime years wasn't even as close to Kobe. No joke, he really wasn't. And once he died, I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll let it go after this. You know what, I, I just can't sit back and, and just not be a fan of the, of the league anymore, even though it's only been a few short months. My favorite basketball player passed away with his daughter, That a really bad tragedy, and I feel bad for everybody else that that perished in that. And I was like, I'm going to come back around to watch the NBA again. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, the pandemic started and then shut the league down. The league came back, and I was like, man, the league that started that season isn't the league I I was going to go back to when it started Mm -hmm. back up in Orlando and the return to play. Mm -hmm. It's really unfortunate. I agree. Um, I think, I think the NBA and NFL are going to stay woke for a while, mm-hmm. but like I think fans eventually like are going to turn to college sports. But I, I can already tell college sports are just going to go full blown woke pretty soon too. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's really unfortunate. Um, I will give a little bit of hope though for this. I can say I, I can't talk too much about this, but there are sports leagues that are coming that are going to be non-political, professional ones. That I'm I guarantee that even though it might have um, might take quite a bit of time to build the brands and kind of kind of outreach for that, there will be um, there, uh, there will be some alternatives out there for people um, in terms of that, and they'll hopefully do a good job. I know I've heard of the MLB and the antitrust stuff going on right now in, in D.C. They're trying to make it so that they can make another league, um, make some rivals to that. Um, but I can say that, that I have talked to um, some people behind the scenes, and there are some in the making.
0: You know, I'm going to debate you here for a second because this is the first time I've ever heard this. <clears> I don't <throat> even want the sports leagues to have gone woke or even political because, I mean, one of the things that united everybody in this country, and we talked about this, was like a fake tribalism that existed with sports teams and fans. I would go to a Red Wings game or a Tigers game when it was sold out, when a, when a home run or a goal or a big hit on the ice was made.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You would like high five the guy behind you. You didn't ask if he was a Democrat or Republican before you no. you just did it just to do it. Sports right. really provided that tribalism that was like, it was fake, obviously, but like, it really was that, that uniting thing that, People could just go to alleviate themselves from like, I don't want to watch the Patriot basketball league where they market themselves as like the anti-woke, you know, anti-progressive basketball. Like, dude, I want to watch the NBA, but like they turned me off to like, they got to, they got to hold a lot of accountability for themselves. I mean, if those types of like owners and investors are willing to like commit to something like that long-term hey, more power to them, but like, they got to win me over as a fan. I mean, Mm -hmm. i just don't see it happening but like you know not everything's possible right now with like how far of a reach the internet has but like i mean i really would rather turn back to the nba than give like a new sports league a chance personally but the nba has got to like win me back though
1: yeah and and i i see you man and and i know that they do too the people that i've spoken to they realize how important it is um when i say it it's hard with it's hard with being non-political because the opposition of both sides will automatically associate you as one way or the other. And, and, I'll, and I'll come out and say the same thing. I don't think that a political sports league in another direction is going to help. It's the same reason why I like 6048 the way it is, is because they've got OutKick on one side and you got all the rest of the sports mainstream. And you can have that if you want your culture and polit- politics. Um, but if you just want the game, you can come to night. I, I feel the same way about leagues. Um, but the problem is, is the trust, the trust aspect with fans, regardless is going to be so hard. And so trying to understand the marketing behind it, um, uh, from their, uh, from their point of view, it seems that if they come out and say, we're not going to allow athletes to do this, this, and this, um, that, that, that they'll probably do better. But I agree, man, like, it, I don't want to see politics, even the stuff that I agree with on there. I just want to watch a freaking game.
0: Yeah. I'm the exact same way. Like, I just want to see a damn sports game. That's what, like, so what if a guy is a Republican? I don't care. I want him to make that fucking three-pointer. I don't want him to miss that fucking three-pointer with two seconds left. You got to make it. It, How the way you vote has literally no effect how you play on the basketball court. Straight up zero, (laughs) all right? Right. I I mean – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Were you about
1: to say something? I was just going to say something real quick. One one great example of this is um, Greg Popovich. A lot of people uh, he's come under criticism for all his politics. He talks politics all the time. That's that's what ESPN. Every time you see Greg Popovich in the in the um, headlines, it's always because of a political statement. But even though a lot of people I know in my circles disagree with everything that he talks about. He's by far one of the best coaches I've ever seen in the game of basketball. And there is no doubt about that. And just because he has a different political opinion than a lot of people, and I'll admit there's a lot of opinions that he has that I don't even agree with, um, that I can still respect him for the coach that he is. And likewise, I think you're kind of talking about the inverse, about all the people that will bandwagon around someone who says that they are a Republican uh, athlete because everyone has said that they're de- the liberal athletes. And that it doesn't even matter about um, the merit of it. And that's what drives me crazy is that sports what, what with ESPN now, is they say, Oh, it's the first, the first African-American coach or player to do this and stuff like that. And it, it, it really kind of, it kind of, it makes me feel bad for the player because then you start to label them by that. And it's no longer about merit. It's no longer about that. Now forever they've got that label. And likewise, I think that it's good that we stay away from that and we stick to merit-based reporting because then at that point we can be the most impartial and we can be the most fair to everyone.
0: I mean, I just thought of this right now. It's like, <clears throat> I don't know how many athletes would really right now in 2021 America would really be even be proud to be like the first this, first that. It, you know, it's really the sports media that leans in the obvious direction that always goes after the first I'd, I'd sure as hell hate to be the second and the third this and third that and second this, you know, because it's like, well, where's my attention at? You're just not going to get it. So right. don't even bother reporting on it anymore. If you stop doing that, a lot of your fans will come back to it because they'll just be like, look, I don't care if he's the first. This. Can he can he turn the Detroit Lions around? Yeah. Yeah which they won't be i hope so
1: <laughs> hang in there hang in there i'm a broncos fan too so right now we're not doing so well
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but like you know i think when when like the sports media can stop focusing so much on the first this and the first that they might start learning their lesson again i just don't see it happening though i i mm. really don't see it happening i mean like, I think back to college sports now, and it's like, I want to segue into that for a little bit, because it's, yeah, sure, I mean, college sports, it's like, you know, that, that too is also fake tribalism as well, like, everybody had the, you know, the fight song, the colors, you know, you went back to the college campus, you went to to watch the football team win or lose, or the basketball team, or the hockey team, and you had fun with the people you were sitting around, and I mean, granted, because of COVID, college sports isn't what it used to be. Like with everything else, unless if you're in Miami or Dallas, Texas, they just don't care. COVID doesn't exist there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I the way I saw college teams like going full blown woke as well. Like during the NCAA tournament, I'm like, man, like, like you just need to worry about not being that team losing losing to a 16 seed again. <laughs> like you need to worry about that. Not kneeling for the national Anthem, which is exactly mm-hmm. what happened to Georgetown's men's basketball team. Mm-hmm. They all kneeled for the Anthem and got smoked by, was it Oral Roberts? I think it was. I, th- I think, it, it, well,
1: I don't, I don't know. I know I had Georgetown in my bracket pretty high because I thought they were going to ride out the success they had before. That was before they kneeled and everything like that. And, um Yeah, that was that was definitely a,
0: a I, crazy I feel, game. I think it was Oral Roberts, but like, dude, they like, they kneeled for the anthem, and then ended up getting smoked by like 23 points by Oral Roberts, and that's like, man, <laughs> so, <laughs> those players definitely regretted doing that because they all thought walking back to the locker room after the game, like, man, we already know we're about to get a whole lot of shit talked about us right now. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's just like, uh, dude, like, I, I was watching the NCAA tournament like I do every year, and I make my – I always make one bracket that's, like, the legit bracket I think is likely going to happen. And then I make my, like, my dream bracket of, like, teams that I know will probably not get there, but I always, like, hold out hope for, like – I'll tell you that in a second. But I couldn't help but think to myself, like, man, this is like – you know, because the tournament was canceled last year – Probably not as many people are going to watch it this year because obviously there's no crowds. They're all playing – I think it was a neutral site or something. It was a bubble in Indiana. And, you know, they're kind of going woke as well because, like, players kneeling, they're calling all the courts, like, with whatever synonymous names that they want to call it with for whatever because they're down for. Because most people know most college campuses are, are in one direction. Everybody knows yeah. they're talking and Of course, it's like, man, do you really want to watch, like, players that are just trying to make it to the NBA, like, a piece of the very people on college campuses with classes that they don't even take with? Like, no, you just want to watch them ball out and just try and win the damn tournament. That's it. Hmm. I, I mean, I hope, like, college sports doesn't go full woke, but, like, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if it did at this point. That is where it, that is where all that wokeness started.
1: Absolutely. I think um... – I I love the the try the like the not the political tribalism but like the tribalism beforehand of oh university or state or or whatever I love that so much I was just talking with one of my friends and she said that she went to A- A&M and I joked with her I, I was like are you an are you an Aggies or Longhorns fan she she punched me in the shoulder because it's just like you, you don't even you don't even bring that up the tribalism is so big down there um and uh, it, it's really going to be missed. Um, it's, it's hard to uh, – the, the part that – and this is, this is my personal – this is my personal opinion. You know, I, I think that Clay Travis, he's great at what he does, and, and I think that there are others on the other side too that bring up some good points. Personally, I don't normally argue as much on the teams individually about what the teams do because I believe that, you know, a Texas team is going to look a lot different than a California team. You know what I mean? Um, but the leagues themselves or the NCAA, I'm, I'm a big advocate that they should stay non-political. Um, and I think that the moment that the NCAA, which they already kind of started to trend in that direction, the moment that they've become full political is going to be a really unfortunate day. Um, but until then, um, just kind of got to hope and enjoy college sports while we can, you know?
0: I know. All right, I'll tell you, like, my dream Final Four that I would just love to see happen because I'm so damn sick of seeing fucking Duke University, University of Kentucky, North Carolina, Michigan State, and Kansas. Michigan State's occasionally – I think Tom Izzo might retire in a few years because he's been there for over 20 years now, and eventually coaches do, do leave their place, and he, I think he's up there in age as well. But, like – it's always those same four or five schools. And then you have like the Cinderella school that comes in, makes it, and then like doesn't win it all. I would once just love to see a random school just come in, play unbelievable defense and offense, and just go all the way and win it all. But like Mm. what I would love even more is just to see like the most random final four. And like I even like wrote down the schools as well on this piece of paper. I would love to see a final four of like, no big name schools, all the small name schools. Literally like College of Charleston, <laughs> University of Toledo, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the United States Naval Academy. <laughs> oh man. And then Cal Poly. All right. <laughs> Those four schools that have never won it, never gone far in the tournament ever, are all of a sudden like find <clears> themselves in the final four. You know damn well Mike Chichewski, Tom Izzo and oh he I would say Roy Williams, but he did retire from North Carolina recently. But like you know, just on the outside looking in and be like, how the hell did these schools really – One of them fine. We'll give them we'll give one spot up to these guys. But like seriously, Charleston, Toledo, Cal Poly. <laughs> <laughs> This shouldn't happen. And all of a sudden you have all four of these schools in the United States Naval Academy playing for the national championship. We should be there. Not them. We should. And it's like, I will, that will never happen. The odds of that are truly like, are as good as like getting a perfect bracket for the tournament, which will never happen as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. One, one thing that I love about college sports too, that I'd love to bring up real quick too, is is how they play defense. I think that, uh, and, and the, the NBA, they don't play defense, and that's why they drop 120, 130 a game. But I love college basketball, especially those smaller schools. They really, the coaches there some, are some of the most intense that I've ever seen. And that's why I think they go, do so well, is just because of how good that they are at passing, which you don't see in the NBA. Usually you've got James Harden and LeBron James hogging the ball for tw- 24 of the 25 second shot clock. And then you've got um, no passing and no defense. Uh, but with those, I love that. I think that. That would be so cool to see teams like that.
0: I mean, if you had like a dream Final Four, like I know we didn't talk about this at all Probably but like if you had a dream Final Four of like schools, I mean, what, who would you pick? Ooh, man, that's really hard. Honestly. No schools, all right, no big name schools. No big name? Yeah. Hmm. Well,
1: I guess it would probably, <laughs> knowing me, I don't know. I would probably love to see a lot of um, Like I loved hearing about Davidson and Steph Curry and all, all of that back when that was back before Steph Curry was who he is now. Um, that was really cool. And I love what I loved about that too, is that was that, if I'm not mistaken, Davidson's in North Carolina too, right? I believe Virginia or Virginia. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was, I guess I don't remember. It was one of those. And um, I love how uh, the rival schools, to the big schools, so I, I, I would want to see them go. So someone like Davidson or someone like um, – I, I mean, even, heck, Oral Roberts. I mean, just the story behind that. I mean, love them or hate them, still, just hearing that their team went that far, that would probably be my uh, dream bracket. I have to think about specific teams, but it would have to be um, a lot of the rival schools like that, and that would just – that would make everything.
0: I mean – I would love it's gonna happen one day. It just has to. Where you are gonna see like a team as like a fifteen or a sixteen seed like University of Toledo come in and just, all of a sudden they really have just 'cause like odds makers and the casinos, they all wanna make money on the on that one upset that one year and just win it all. Literally go into a final four with the Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke and just smoke two of the three and then just win the national championship and done, let them be out of relevance after
1: that. Oh, that'd be so good. I'd love it too because then for years and years later, the school would always come back to that one year and it'd always be flexing on that one year.
0: Not only that, they really would have like probably half the country rooting for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, wholeheartedly. And then if they win it all, they would achieve true mort- immortality. No joke. They really would like the only 16 seed to ever win it all, and like that's never really been in the tournament, gone far in it, and then just all of a sudden win it all, beat all the powerhouse schools. I mean, you you really couldn't craft a better story than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I for sure like if that were to happen, I expect sixty forty eight sports to be at the forefront of those stories. Though. Oh,
1: oh, you know, you
0: know, oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, what's the plan for? 6048 in the future moving forward you know just trying to listen
1: wherever god wants it to go um all the glory to him but in terms of specifics uh, right now what we're seeing um is slowly we're trying to build kind of a sports blog with uh trying to bring on as many people as we can that are looking to usually younger sports journalists that um are okay with not being paid because obviously i'm not paid either with this um looking for them to uh that just want to kind of build their own brand. And so kind of try to grow that way. I had originally thought about making money with ads and when, back when we were on, uh, when Parlor was up um, in the app store, we were getting millions of views on our things and the ads would have seemed like a much better way to go. In terms of financials, we're looking into all sorts of different facets from uh, subscriptions to uh, I sponsorships. I would look into locals. Uh, locals? Yeah, I know. I've thought about that too. That's, that's another good one. Um, We've thought about that as well. We're trying to decide all of that. But in terms of the future, no matter what happens, no matter how big, how small, no matter what I, I I mean, I seriously, we looked at the numbers of the ESPN poll. 6048 itself, if everyone knew about it and we had the team behind it, it could be as big as any of the sports media companies by far. Now that's that probably isn't quite as realistic, but still it, it is a possibility. So no matter how big or how small it gets. The goal will remain the same as it's been since day one. If there's one sports fan out there that just wants politics out of their sports news and we can give it to them, that is what we're going to continue to do. And we'll continue to do it no matter how big we grow or how smaller we grow or shrink down to. Well,
0: I'll say you definitely got one fan right here that wants that. Oh,
1: thanks. Appreciate you, Lance. I I appreciate your podcast too, man. Uncommon, uncommon dialogue is so important in today's uh, climate. And I really appreciate people like you heading the forefront with this, especially when people, it's so tempting to go one way or the other, um, and especially too far one way or the other. And uh, just appreciate a lot of you trying to connect and bridge the gap in the middle.
0: I appreciate that honestly. I mean, I'll tell you, I I just did another episode today with uh, a zoologist who lives mm-hmm. in Tennessee, and he's more liberal leaning. And I told him, you know, what my politics were, and he and I still had a great episode. And he told me the same thing. It's like, man, like I agree a hundred percent with you, man. Like we need people to just reach out and just talk to each other again about cool topics or even like political topics, but just in a really civil way. And at the end of it, just say it was a really great conversation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we can disagree on some stuff and then agree on some other things, but like that shouldn't take away from having a great conversation about other things. You know, that's what we need right now. And I think if we can start with sports and let it go down You know, let everybody else think, you know what? Like, I don't want sports to be political and here's this athlete or here's this, like, up-and-coming channel, like 6048. You know, they're just trying to do sports. And you know what? Like, it's reached down to me now. That's what I want. I I don't want anything else. And I'm so glad I randomly came across your page on Instagram. I really am, honestly. I, I would never have found it if, like, if I had looked anywhere else.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate your uh, amazing comments. And I appreciate your everything you're doing here. Um, That's what we try to do. That's why uh, we try to spread the word as much as we can, because that's all we can do at this point. Obviously, no, no major news outlet whatsoever wants a completely central uh, channel uh, to be promoted, because obviously, they make money off of being one way too far one way or one the other way too far, they become more businesses rather than reporting. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're trying to spread the word as much as we can that people can enjoy and just try and build that atmosphere, like you said, try and start up here at sports, even if it's as shallow as sports, the, the same values and mindset of just, you know, coming together to uh, sustain one goal to try, you know, win a game or to rally for one team. You said we, you see Republicans and Democrats high-fiving. You, nev- you don't see that with anything else. I, I, honestly, I mean, you don't see them do that with anything else. In fact, it's, it's rare in sports now, unfortunately, too. But if we can continue to try and make that goal with, you know, with your podcast, obviously bridging the gap there, and just with sixty forty eight remaining completely politically neutral, just covering sports, I, I, uh, I, uh, that's what kind of gets me up in the morning and gives me hope that we're still going to be okay.
0: Yeah, we just, we just gotta be okay. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right, on that, note, I guess we'll conclude here. Um, Christian Stone, sixty forty eight sports. Where they can, you want to talk about where they can find you at?
1: Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Lance. So, if you guys want to find us for our content, uh, our website's probably the best. That if you want to follow us more in depth, 6048sports.com, you can see our articles or videos published there, our episodes. Uh, follow us on YouTube at 6048sports Instagram. Uh, we're on Parlor too, which Parlor is supposed to be coming back up this week, uh, depending on certain things back in the app store so uh we that's probably our best platform but uh feel free to find us there if you're looking for non-political sports news if you're looking for political sports news i highly recommend if you're looking for more liberal sports news go check out bleacher reporter espn conservative sports news go check out outkick but if you just want the sports feel free to check us out at 6048 sports
0: christian stone everybody